This is the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services. Today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. On the podcast today, we'll take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at The Overthinking Cure, How to Stay in the Present, Shake Negativity, and Stop Your Stress and Anxiety, written by Nick Trenton, narrated by Russell Newton. Chapter one, it's all in the perspective. Being proactive versus reactive. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you deal with it. John Maxwell. People who are cool, calm, and collected just have something about them. What is this X factor that lets them remain so composed and in control themselves? While overly anxious people flap around and freak out, calm people seem to be inhabiting an entirely different mindset. Let's begin this book by looking more closely at exactly what this mindset is and how you can go about cultivating it in yourself. Here's an interesting question. Who's in control of your life? There are two main answers. Either you see something or someone else as responsible for what happens to you, or you see yourself as the primary agent, mainly responsible for how your life plays out. Proactive people are those who, in essence, do not depend on the environment to guide and shape their life, but rather take active responsibility and do things on their own. They focus on their scope of action, on what they want, and on how they can bring those things about. Naturally, their attitude puts them in a frame of mind that focuses on solving problems and seeking opportunities. Broadly, when it comes to their life path, they are the ones calling the shots. Compare this to the opposite, someone who is reactive. As the name suggests, this is a person who acts only as a response to other people's actions or according to the environment and less from their own innate agency and desire. This is a more passive, more conditional, and more dependent position. It's more about what you... Chapter 2. Stepping off the carousel. Your anti-anxiety superweapon going meta. In the last chapter, we saw how the creation of distance allows you to try on different, potentially better perspectives and witness your own physiological, mental, and psychological processes as an observer, rather than as an unconscious participant tangled up in it all. This kind of detachment may have reminded you of another popular approach to mental health issues of all kinds, meditation and mindfulness practice. Can mindfulness help you cultivate a sense of calm in your life? Absolutely. However, mindfulness can mean so many things. In this chapter, we'll explore a mindfulness-based technique especially helpful for managing emotions and bringing a sense of calm control to your life. It's called ACT, Action Commitment Therapy. The acronym simply speaks to the two parts of the approach. We accept what we cannot control. We commit to taking action with the things we can in order to better our lives. Both acceptance and commitment to action allow you to proactively manage your thoughts and emotions, your lived experience, 
They're skills that have mindfulness at their core, and they work in tandem to help you create the life you want, i.e., the life that aligns with the things that matter the most to you and your values. In ACT, mindfulness is about being open, aware, and focused on the present. We approach our work with our observing self, i.e. the part of us that is aware of everything that is unfolding in the moment. This is the meta position we spoke about, which allows distance and perspective. Unlike meditation, however, the mindfulness in ACT is more of a set of skills and something we connect to three. The Art of Cognitive Restructuring, How to Reframe Automatic Negative Thoughts. In the last chapter, we tried to shift our focus onto all the ways that we can inhabit our observing self or higher conscious awareness and how this allows us to observe our experience, notice when we're ruminating, and choose to step in and act according to our values. We said that challenging your thoughts doesn't usually work because it can be a form of experiential avoidance. In other words, when we push back against what we experience in the moment, we open the door to judgment, self-criticism, and resistance. If our goal is to be more aware, however, we need to drop any attitude of judgment or feeling like certain thoughts are wrong or need to be challenged. Instead, we looked at how to reframe thoughts according to their usefulness in our particular lives, rather than taking the perspective that certain thoughts and ideas are wrong and bad and need to be corrected. This may seem like a very small distinction to make, but it's important. Approaching any change with an attitude of judgment and negativity is unlikely to work, whereas a proactive, compassionate, and accepting frame of mind will allow us to gently improve without feeling bad about where we currently are. The action we take may be the same in each case, but our intention and attitude behind those actions can make all the difference. Bringing Awareness to Automatic Thoughts So, we know that reframing and restructuring thoughts is not about fixing the wrong thoughts or arguing with your real experience, but about a conscious shift in perspective. When we bring consciousness to what is unconscious, we create choice. So we're not judging ourselves, identifying problems and fixing them, but rather shine. Chapter 4. All we have is now. Have you ever noticed how some people rush around life in a constant near panic, trying to organize and sort out and control every little thing? Almost as though they had appointed themselves the very CEO of the universe, which would crumble to a chaotic mess if they weren't there to take charge? Maybe you are that person? Panic, worry, overthinking, and rumination are certainly a sign of a mind overrun with cognitive distortions or a perspective that blows the negative out of proportion. And anxiety is definitely a question of narrowed focus and lack of awareness. But in this chapter, we'll consider that anxiety can also go deeper than this and speak to a more basic orientation to life itself i.e., one where we fundamentally lacked trust in our world. Whether you call it trust, acceptance, tolerance, grace, or surrender, there's an attitude characterized by a deference to those things that are, in fact, outside your control or understanding. Let's say you practice becoming more aware and gain mastery over those cognitive distortions that are holding you back. 
Let's say you're completely comfortable in the present, fully alert and conscious, and in a perfectly proactive and open frame of mind. And then, some idiot walks by and insults you. The fact is, life is positively brimming with situations that we cannot change, no matter how much we dislike or disagree with them. Loss is inevitable. We don't always get our way. Sometimes things are unfair, and there is no justice, no matter how much you rail against it. Sometimes life is confusing and difficult, and no answers seem forthcoming, no matter how deeply into it all you... Chapter 5. There is no black and white. In this chapter, we're going to shift focus a little and consider an aspect of overthinking that might be depressingly familiar for some. We've spoken at length about turning up to the present moment with quiet awareness and without judgment or labeling or interpretation. Anxiety can certainly take the form of worry for the future or regret for the past, but for some of us, our rumination and overthinking comes down to a very particular kind of cognitive distortion, judgment. Judgment for self or others? Well, they may be one and the same. Judgment is simple. It's any time we look at what is and what we think should be and make a comparison. You'll recognize this as plain old avoidance, non-acceptance, or arguing with reality. We can direct this toward ourselves. I'm struggling. I'm not supposed to be struggling. This is a problem. It means I'm a bad person. Or we can direct it toward others. They were mean to me, and it isn't supposed to be that way. It's a problem. They're a problem. When we judge, it impacts our ability to accept, love, and have compassion for ourselves and others, it narrows our focus, makes us anxious, and makes us focus on the negative. When we allow our ego to jump in with a big story about what should be, then we sometimes confuse actions and events with reality itself. For example, if someone is mean to us once, we conclude that they're fundamentally mean in themselves as people forever. We stop relating to them as they are in the moment, full of potential, and start relating to the story we have of them, or a memory. This has been The Overthinking Cure. How to Stay in the Present, Shake Negativity, and Stop Your Stress and Anxiety. Written by Nick Trenton. Narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2021 by Nick Trenton. Production copyright by Nick Trenton. Amazon.com has more information regarding the author and this book. Show notes and further information can be found at RussellEricNewton.com. With an eclectic collection of insights, knowledge, and trivia from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.